Heavenly Father, we again thank you for um, speaking to us, Lord, and we just ask that you would just help us, Lord, to get the full picture of where we are and what we need to be fighting against and how we need to be standing in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, Some of you have asked, I want to let you know that this presentation is entitled The Beast from the Abyss. Um, it is, I have this presentation on DVD as well. We're going to have our booth set up this evening. After the meetings, we have a whole lot of product, but this presentation in particular, The Beast from the Abyss, is a three-DVD set. So it's actually three hours worth of information, and um, I'm kind of condensing it as best I can um, <clears throat> in the time that we have. So... Um, Let's see if we're on the same page. Spell number one. Transformism. Spell number two. Spell number three. Spell number four. Spell number five. All right, very good. Are you ready for spell number six? All right, I don't know either. Okay. In 1492, December 5, Columbus discovers Hispaniola. In 1697, by the Treaty of Ryswick, a portion of Hispaniola is formally ceded to France. To where, everyone? France. And becomes known as Saint Domingo. The remaining Spanish section is called Santo Domingo. In the 16 and 1700s, Saint Domingo becomes a capital of slave trade. Slaves from all over are brought to this place which is a Catholic um, occupation. And as soon as they arrive there, the first, things that, that, the first thing that happens is that they are christened as Catholics. But they are not allowed to read the two witnesses. Uh, <clears throat> you'll remember that Egypt was not only known for its denial of God, but it was also known for its multiplicity of gods. You remember that? You remember God for the river, God for the flies, God for the frogs, etc. Multiplicity of gods. So listen carefully. What happened with these, um, with these slaves is that they needed something to connect because they had come from so many different places, so many varied backgrounds. And so what happens is that they were trying to, you know, keep these slaves separate. And the one thing that these slaves united upon was their religion. They brought their gods together and formed a new religion called Vudan or Voodoo.
the head figure of the voodoo faith, the key deity of the voodoo faith is the serpent. You think about that, how interesting. And one of the, uh, in fact, the word voodoo has been translated as the snake under whose auspices gather all who share the faith. And this, this religion, this new thing called voodoo, if you were to take a look at their ceremony, perhaps the most sacred part of the voodoo worship dealt with music. In the voodoo practitioner's mind, they wanted to achieve syncopation. What is syncopation to a voodoo practitioner? Very simple. When the gods and humans became one. They wanted to be possessed by the spirits, and in particular, the spirit of the serpent. And so the key instrument in voodoo worship was the drum. And what would happen is during these services, the voodoo practitioners knew that they had been... uh, um, Uh, invested or taken over by the spirit because their bodies would move to the music like a serpent. Anybody following me? Okay, just checking. What began to happen is that the the slave owners looked at this practice and they said, what are, are you guys doing? And they banned it. Because they were terrified of this satanic ritual, which is what voodoo is, the worship of Satan, the serpent. But voodoo survived. Anybody know how voodoo survived? I'll tell you how it survived. I want to read to you from a book. I'm not going to give you the name of the book because the name of the book will give away what I'm, where I'm coming to. But let me read it to you. It says, yet whenever possible, they, the voodoo practitioners, would use the Catholic rituals to carry out their own beliefs. Therefore, when dancing and singing was abolished because of fear from voodoo practices, the enslaved voodoo believers would dance and sing to the Catholic saints, having them represent the voodoo spirits. Let me tell you what they did. They put... Christian words. Is it okay for me to take a drink of water? (laughs) While you think. And meditate for a few moments on what I just said. Have you had enough time to think? Just wanted to give you some time. They would put Christian words to their voodoo rhythms. 
and in so doing, they deceived their Catholic slave owners. <clears throat> well, in 1791, when the French Revolution kicked off, something else happened because this uh, 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 French province, as it were, got the, got the smell of rebellion. The slaves heard what was happening over in France. They heard that the people were rising up against the priests the, and, and against the church and the same spirit of rebellion infused them. They said, wait a minute, if they're doing it over there, we should do it right here. And they rose up in rebellion against their Catholic slave owners. In fact, it was a man by the name of Bootman Dutty, who was a Jamaican. <laughs> in case anybody here is offended. <laughs> I'll get to that in a minute. Bookman who led out in this voodoo ceremony that kicked off, that helped kick off this revolution, and it became known as the only successful slave revolt in all of history. And that place, after the revolt took place and was successful, changed its name from St. Domingo to Haiti. Now, in case there are any Haitians in here, remember, Bookman was a Jamaican. Okay? All right, so don't be offended, okay? I'm not offended. Let me tell you something. I am never offended. My, my culture is heaven. Did you catch that just now? When we stop taking our culture as black and white, or no, our culture is heaven. When I become born again, I am born again as a citizen of heaven. Amen? Amen? All right, so just want to make that clear. So, Haiti, the capital, the, the Mecca of voodoo. Now I want you to listen. Are you ready for this? How many of you remember the, the quote where Ellen White says, um, man, I wish I had it, that uh, Protestantism will be foremost in stretching its hand over the what? <laughs> to clasp hands with two powers, Catholicism and what? Spiritualism. Listen. In 1804, something absolutely mind-blowing takes place. France is in need of money because of the wars they've just been through. They own the beast from the abyss owns a piece of real estate found right in the middle of the beast from the earth it goes right down the middle of America it is called Louisiana America or rather France sells this piece of property 
the beast from the abyss sells his piece of property to the beast from the earth. When that, that, that agreement takes place, by the way, called the what? Louisiana Purchase, something else happens. Thousands of these voodoo practitioners begin to make their way over to, the, to Louisiana, in particular, to a place called... A.K.A. Little France. Oh, 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 oh man. Uh, listen, New Orleans was the only place in America where prostitution was legalized. Sodom, anyone? Oh, okay, just wanted to make sure we're on the same. So here in New Orleans is a brothel, a place of prostitution, a place of lawlessness, and by the way, also a place of who is God, that we should obey him. And, and what began to happen is that as these voodoo practitioners made their way, by the way, uh, you know in the Bible when it talks about the beast, when, when this beast had... Um, had killed the two witnesses or destroyed the two witnesses for a certain period of time. The Bible says they celebrated in the streets. They celebrated. What were they celebrating? The Bible's no longer over us. And so they celebrated. Southern decadence, anyone? Mardi Gras? Anyone? The place of celebration where they celebrate all kinds of wickedness and, and, and flaunt their, you know, their, their iniquity in the open. Does it remind anyone of Sodom? So these practitioners were, were, you know, had come to to New Orleans and uh, they were kind of like maybe a little spectacle spectacle because they had many people visiting from, uh, you know, it was a tourist spot and they would come and they would see these, uh, you know, these practitioners and they were doing their thing, you know, playing their music uh, and, uh, you know, it made the, you know, the hometown people like, wow, what is this? Our bodies have never moved like this before. This is great. This is kind of strange, but... And amazingly, what began to happen, beloved, is that they began to use this music to prepare for the activity of sexual immorality. Well, see, what begins to happen is that soon everybody's like, oh, you know what, you guys are doing some pretty strange stuff. And they banned voodoo again. Now you're... I want to remind you of something. Remember we talked about adaptation? Mm-hmm. You know what a mutation is? You know? Mutation is when something what? Kind of changes what? Form in order to adapt in a hostile environment. And we saw that voodoo had the power to mutate. Back then in the 1600s, when the slave owner said, stop it, the, okay, it mutated, it adapted in order to survive. And so now we are here in New Orleans and they put a ban on it and what happens is that the mu- the, this, 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 this practice adapts itself to something called ragtime. Anybody ever heard of ragtime? 
It was the music that began to become popular just around the turn of the century. It was a new hybrid, a strange kind of music. It had never been heard before in America, really anywhere. And what happens, beloved, it's amazing because in, in 1900, just before 1900, Ellen White had a vision or was told of some strange things happening at a camp meeting in Indiana. She said that they, were, they told her there were strange things going on, there's strange music. She writes back and says, the things you have shown me taking place in Indiana, I have seen will take place just before the close of probation. There will be drums, dancing, shouting, and this will be called the moving of the Holy Spirit. Now, she may not have known what it was called. Ragtime is the music that was becoming popular on the scene. Now, Ellen White's warning saved this church for a time. Let me tell you why. In 1903, anybody know what happened in 1903 in California? 1903, or rather, not 1903, I believe it's 1904. In 1904, uh, uh, the birth of the modern Pentecostal movement began. Anybody ever read about that? A man by the name of James Seymour from Louisiana <laughs> made his way out to California and began what was called the Azusa Street <coughs> Revival. Anybody heard of it? They said the key thing about that revival that brought the modern Pentecostal movement was the music that was being played. Interesting. Uh, uh, James Seymour so could it be that the devil was trying to find an entrance into the Adventist church but the prophet helped to stop it and so he had to find it some other way so let's go back this music was interesting because wherever ragtime went we found two things Egypt who is God that I should obey him and Sodom, sexual immorality. Wherever the music went, those were the two things that followed. It is fair to say that that thing sprung out of the abyss. Well, it didn't stop there. Because just a short time later, the music mutated again into something called jazz. You may not have known this, but the term jazz is a sexual term. Check it out on Wikipedia. Check it out in the dictionary. It was a slang term used for sex. And it was interesting because wherever jazz went, when it hit the scene, it was the popular music. Wherever it went, we found two things. Who is God? That I should obey him and... Sexual immorality. But it did not stop there, but because we go a little bit more down the timeline and we find the music mutated again and formed into something we called rhythm and blues. Ooh. And wherever rhythm and blues went, we found two things Sodom and Egypt. Beloved, it did not stop there because, oh, oh. 
uh, in the 30s, 40s, uh, there was a, a small island somewhere. And this island was listening over the airwaves to the music coming from America. You know, the, you know, the, 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 the inner cities of, of America, there's, there's the rhythm and blues, the jazz. And they would hear the music, the music would come in over the airwaves, and it would play, and then it would stop. And then it would play again, and it would play, and then it would stop, because the airwaves were breaking up. So it would play and play and play and play, and then it would stop. And then it would play, 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 and... And so in the times where there was a break, you know, they would say, well, man, if there's a break, we might as well talk and, you know, maybe do a little bit of, you know, emceeing and whatever, whatever. And beloved, that became birth to the popular reggae music of Jamaica. And here's what we found. Wherever that music went, Sodom and Egypt. Well, in the 19, well, let me, I'm going to come back to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Timelines are tricky. Okay. Let's jump over up to the 1940s again. We're back here at Rhythm and Blues, and we'll understand now that this mutation of Rhythm and Blues didn't stop there because it mutated again to something else in the 50s called Rock and Roll. And wherever this music went, we found two things. Beloved, it's time for us to open our eyes. Amen. We found Sodom and parents pulling their hair out. <laughs> right? Now, I'm going to tell you something that's going to shock you. But I like rock music. And I still listen to it today. And I believe that we should all listen to rock music. <laughs> I think we should be listening to rock music. I don't care what. We should listen to rock music. Do you know how? <laughs> See, beloved, rock music is really old. Israel listened to rock music. You're going, cool. <laughs> but what happened is that the devil knew that he had to counterfeit the genuine rock music. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus Christ, our rock, that is the music. Real rock <laughs> music. So the devil says, let's counterfeit that rock music. See, we're told to stand firm upon the rock. The devil's rock music makes us rock and... Oh. <laughs> yeah. So this rebellion, we began to see in our children in the 50s, they were just losing their minds. Solomon, Egypt, it was seen that the serpent had been, had been infiltrating the bodies because of the way that they moved. 
Jump back with me to Jamaica. In the 1970s, a young man by the name of Cool Herc comes from Jamaica, comes over to Brooklyn, New York, or I believe it may have been Bronx, I'm not sure which one, and he brought this style of music that had been prevalent in Jamaica, and the young people there in Brooklyn and Bronx said, man, what is this stuff? And they, they took the music, and it again mutated into, somebody help me out, rap music. And wherever we found hip-hop and rap, we found two things. Sodom and Egypt. Now, are you ready for the heavy part? By the way, let me read this quote to you. This is powerful. And man, we have so much time. This is beautiful. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. Robert Palmer, in his book, Rock and Roll and Unruly History, listen to what he says. The idea that certain rhythm patterns or sequences serve as conduits for spiritual energies, linking individual human consciousness with the gods is basic to traditional African religions and African-derived religions through the Americas. In a sense, rock and roll is a kind of voodoo. This is not a spiritual guy. This is a guy writing about the origins of rock and roll. You got to understand something. When you study the origins of music, you will find that R&B, rock, all of them point their music proudly, I might mention, back to voodoo worship. It's not something they're hiding. They're saying, oh yeah, this is, a, this is the origin of our music. It came from those rhythms. They proudly state that. It's not something that you have to dig up and discover like, do do do. They tell you. They tell you. This is their own stuff. So now, listen to this. Let me read it again. The idea that certain rhythm patterns or sequences serve as conduits for spiritual energies, linking individual human consciousness with the gods. What did he just say? That music can link your conscience, your mind, with the minds of the gods. Now, do you know that somebody else said that too? And they said it much, much earlier than he wrote this. Let me read it to you. From the book Medical Ministry, page 111. Listen to this. For thousands of years, Satan has been experimenting upon the properties of the human mind, and he has learned to know it well. By his subtle workings in these last days, he is linking the human mind with his own, imbuing it with his thoughts. And he is doing this work in so deceptive a manner that those who accept his guidance know not that they are being led by his will. Beloved, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Let me give you the seventh spell. That was number six. Oh, uh, voodoo. Just call it voodoo. Call it by its real name. You didn't get it. Okay. Spell number seven. Very simple. How many of you have ever heard of pantheism? Now, some of you are sighing and breathing like, we're over that. Now, we have, we, we not, we're not over yet. 
we haven't gotten to the main point yet. So hold your breath, okay? Uh, pantheism, have you heard of pantheism? Pantheism is the teaching that, that all things are what? Are God, or all things are holy, okay? And in a way, all these principles, had all these six spells had one thing in form, and that is pantheism, the expression of everything being God or being holy. You say, how, Pastor? Listen. Pantheism, evolution, is in all reality a form of pantheism because evolution says that all creation is alive, is living. Creation is our God. Same thing that Ellen White spoke about with, uh, with uh, uh, Kellogg. God is in the trees. God is in the air. Well, Kellogg said God is in these things. Evolution says these things are God. It created itself. All things are holy. The earth is holy. And that's, by the way, one of the basis of the New Age movements. Okay? Pantheism and eroticism. What did Marquis de Sade believe? All sex is, is good. It's all good. It's all God. It's all holy. It's all all right. There's nothing wrong with anything you want to do. It's all good. It was a form, a, a, a subtle form of pantheism. It's all good. How about humanism? All thought is, is good. It's, uh, you know, what may be wrong for you may not be wrong for me, you can be right, and I can be right. It's all what? Good. Spell number, uh, 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 the spell of romanticism, all emotion is what? It's good. It's all good. There's nothing wrong. If you feel it, if it feels good, do it. And voodoo itself is a pantheistic religion. Everything is holy. There's a spirit of the trees and a spirit of the gods and all these different things. Now, I want you to understand this because in the 50s, a convergence happens. Imagine with me the abyss, okay? Here's the abyss. You guys see it? Here's the abyss. And each one of these are spells that are coming up out of the abyss. And they begin to make their way around the world. And they kind of look like lines that have nothing to do with each other. Evolution, uh, uh, sexual immorality, uh, uh, voodoo, all these things that seem confusion. But I'm going to show you something. See those seven lines coming up out of the abyss. And guess what happens? In the 1950s and 60s, all those lines meet together in America. You remember the cultural revolution? It's as though the entire thing was embodied into one movement called the hippie movement. Now, if there are any hippies in here, I don't. Somebody came up to me last minute and said, I'm a hippie and I'm upset. And I was like, I'm sorry I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't. Yeah. But, but generally speaking, what was the hippie movement about? Free love. Remember, they were the romantics of their day. Free love. Everything was good, right? Uh, uh, in fact, their music, remember that? You know, they, they, had, they, they were all into the music. They were all into the fornication. They were all into romanticism, individuality, the, the rebel hero. We can be, the, you know. 
<laughs> We're just going to be different from society. Humanism, no, there's no right. There's, you know, what's right for you may not be right for, for me. The rebellion against society, everything seemed to sum up. That's why the 60s saw a revolution. The same teachings that led to what? The revolution in France. We saw God put out of the schools. Remember that? Just like they had tried to put God out of... The same things are happening in the 60s. It's, it is now embodied, as it were, in this movement, in the hippie movement. And then the hippie movement falls flat. In other words, the devil was, was, was seeing something. The devil was experimenting. Let me see if it will work here in America. And it worked. But that's not what he was after. Are you ready? Whew. After the hippies saw that, you know, their movement was falling, was not going anywhere, many of them became disillusioned and, you know, all kinds of things happened. But many of those hippies decided to try Something new. They decided to try church. Here's the abyss. Seven lines. Looks like confusion, but it's really organized confusion. Comes together in the 60s in the hippie movement. And then the hippies become Christians. And when they became Christians, many of them brought some things with them. They brought evolution. What are you talking about, Pastor? You see, they, they introduced the philosophy that if we were going to reach the world, we would have to adapt. Mm -hmm. How many of you following me? If we want to reach the world, we must become like them. We must dress like them. We must adapt. We must mutate. We can't any longer show our differences. We must show our likenesses. And so they began to speak in the common, hey, dude, Jesus loves you, man. Cool. They began to, to, they brought in their evolutionary philosophies. They brought in eroticism, spiritual fornication, because the Bible says, know ye not that friendship with the world is what? Enmity with God. And he says, that's fornication. They brought in fornication. They brought in their romanticism. We don't have to submit to law. In fact, free love. God loves you so much, it's all right no matter what you do. Remember, they were about free love there, and now they brought that philosophy into the church. Grace, 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 free love. It doesn't matter. God loves you too much. 
the individual versus the corporate. I don't have to submit to authority. Who are you to send down a bunch of rules to us? Sound familiar, anybody? Not only did they bring the, the ideas of romanticism, the rebel as hero, I'm going to be different. I'm going to, yeah, I'm coming to. <laughs> did I tell you about when we came into the church? I may not have told some of you, so let me tell you again. When I became an Adventist, me and my friends, we were all like dreadlocked down, joy. We actually got baptized with this stuff on. <laughs> And, uh, and it was amazing because before we got baptized, it was like 20, like, th- like 30 of us would walk up in the church with like jeans and boots and jackets and, you know, dreads and chains. Like, now, we were so excited about God that just can, now think, think about this now. Here we are, 30 of us walking into an Adventist church on a Sabbath. And we, we don't even realize that everybody's like this. <laughs> and we're just like, yeah, man, yeah. We're just gazing on the pastor, okay? But, and, and, you know, our original thought was, you know what? We're going to be the rebel because that's the philosophy of the world. I'll become an Adventist, but I'm not going to look like them. I'm, I'll still be, I'll be cool and be an Adventist at the same time. Listen, it is impossible. The, de- the devil wants you to be cool. God wants you to be hot. You, you can't be cool and hot at the same time. That's lukewarm. You see? You get it? Was that okay? That was good? That was good? Okay, good. Good, good, good. Let's, let's stop being cool and let's be hot. Right? That's what God is calling us to be. He's calling us to be hot. And so this idea of the rebel hero was brought into the church. Not only did they bring that, they brought their humanism. There's no, who are you to tell me what is right and what is wrong? How dare you? There's no line. What may be right for you, maybe it may not affect you. You know, I drink a little. It doesn't affect me the way it affects you. You know, I can listen to this because it doesn't affect me the way it affects. Anybody ever heard that before? Maybe you haven't. Okay, I'll just keep moving on. <laughs> and most of all, they brought their voodoo with them. Christian rock. Hello. But you see, they understood there's going to be a problem. And the devil understood there's going to be a problem. They're not going to go for this. So, mutate. Here's what we'll do. I know, I know, I know. In order to solve the issue, we'll put Christian words. And so now we've got what? Christian rock, Christian rap, Christian R&B, Christian jazz. And and God's people are just swallowing it, swallowing it, swallowing it. 
The devil is seeking to bring the same spirit of rebellion that led to the French Revolution into our very midst in the church. And then pantheism. What is pantheism? If we were to sum it up in a cool term today, we would say it's all Does anybody see that philosophy in the church? It's all good. They, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong. It's all good. There's no difference anymore between good and evil. And the devil accomplishes his task. Sorcery. Medicating the mind. The cup. The wine. Making us drunk so that we can no longer discern between what? Good and evil. Do you remember when Samuel went to Saul and said, Saul, God told you. By the way, what did God tell Saul? Saul, go take the Amalekites. And when you take them, do what with them? Destroy them. Not only destroy them, but destroy everything they have. Don't take their stuff. Don't use it. Don't take it. Don't touch it. Destroy it all. And you know what Saul did? He went and he saved the best of the what? The best of the animals. The best of the sheep. Are you ready for this? When Samuel comes to Saul, he says, Saul, what is it? Saul says, I've done what you've asked me. Samuel says, no, 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 no. What is that bleating that I hear in my ears? Remember that? Do you know the word bleating is the Hebrew word kol kol, which can be translated as song? Song. What is that song that I hear? Saul? Who was the song coming from? What is this sheep music? What is this sheep music I'm hearing, Saul? How many of us are taking the things of the Amalekites, taking their rhythms, taking their tunes, taking their music that is so filled with sensuality and saying we're going to dedicate it to God? What happened when Saul took the sheep? And what did he tell him? I'm dedicating the, the, this to who? To God. Let me tell you what was revealed. What was revealed is that Saul had the spirit of Cain. Because you remember what Cain did. God asked for a sacrifice. Cain said, God, I'm going to give you fruit and vegetables. Some of you say, you know, at least I'm worshiping God. <laughs> really? <laughs> at least I'm worshiping God? I mean, Cain said that. He couldn't understand why God would reject his offering because God said, that's not what I'm asking for. That's not what I want. And many of us today have the philosophy, at least I'm worshiping God. God says, no, listen, you know what, by the way, remember, um, what's his name? Uh, Moses' brother Aaron? Mm -hmm. 
Remember when they told Aaron to build a golden calf? Mm -hmm. You know what Aaron said when they built the calf? Who knows what Aaron said? Just before, what was Aaron's words at at the dedication of the calf? Today is a feast unto the Lord. (laughs) You can read it. Exodus 32 verse 5. Today is a, in in order for him to soothe his guilty conscience, he said, this, we are dedicating this golden calf to God. How many of us are dedicating a golden calf to God. Beloved, think with me. Think with me. Listen, I believe that we should be the head and not the what? The tail. Let me tell you something, because many of you are looking bewildered right now, like, oh my, what are we going to listen to? You know, have you ever asked yourself, how did Jesus survive without hip-hop in his day? (laughs) Oh, yeah, there wasn't hip-hop in his day. (laughs) Beloved, listen, the devil has ways of making it appear that if we don't do this, then we will die. By the way, let me tell you something. You know what we say? Well, how else can we reach the people of the world? Can I tell you something? Um, now this is going to be an epiphany are you ready <laughs> Christian music I want you to remember this write it down get a pen, get a pen, and pen. You ready are you ready Christian music is for Christians You didn't get it. Oh, man. (laughs) Let me explain. Before I was an Adventist, I liked pork. I ate crabs. I ate all kinds of filthy food. Now, if somebody came up to me and said, stop eating pork and crab, I would have said, who are you and what are you talking about? And I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to eat what I want to eat because I am in control of myself. Right? And if they would have said, hey, try some tofu, I would have been like, what? (laughs) And I would have been totally offended and we may have gotten into a fight. Like, how dare you offend me like that? Okay? Why? Because I don't have taste buds for what? Tofu. Tofu is nasty, disgusting food. Who in their right mind would want to eat tofu? And if they would have said to me, don't drink milk, try soy milk. (laughs) What did you just call me? No, no, soy milk. Soy milk, what is that? Well, it's a counterfeit milk. Uh, Who do you think you are? And I would have tasted it, and I would have spit it out of it, and you are crazy. I'm never, this is nasty. What is the matter with you? What's going on with you, friend? Why do you like this stuff? <laughs> right? Because my taste buds are the taste buds of someone who is in the world, who is not willing to follow the will of God. Amen? You get that? 
Now, when I became a Seventh-day Adventist, I said, man, I can't eat this stuff anymore. I've got to become a vegetarian. Now, in my ignorance, I thought that a vegetarian only ate salads. <laughs> so I decided on Thanksgiving Day, I said, this is it. I'm becoming a vegetarian today. If I can overcome Thanksgiving. Now, mind you, Jamaican family. Pig, pigtail, pig foot, pig nose, and, and everything. Pork, pork. Just, so I'm like, okay, I'm with my whole, like, like you know, a hundred of us in the house and, you know, the smell of pig and beef and all this stuff is just assaulting me. And I look at the salad and I look at the rice and I'm like, this is it for life. <laughs> and I must have eaten so much. I, I mean, I, st- I said, I will not be jealous I will not be envious. And I ate so much rice and salad, and it seemed like I never got full. And I was like, Lord, how am I going to do this? No more cereal forever, because I can't drink milk. And no more, it's just over. And like, I think like five months had passed. You know, just rice, vegetables, and and uh, one day I was visiting somebody, and, and they were like, okay, I think I stepped over, and they were like, hey, you want some cereal? And I was like, cereal? His admin is cereal. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Are you in apostasy? <laughs> and so he pulls out this box. <laughs> and I'm like, what's that? And he said, it's soy milk. And I was like, What? <laughs> Soy milk? (laughs) You don't understand. I felt like, you know, I was entering into the kingdom of heaven. I was like, soy milk. I can have cereal again. And I'm telling you, the first time I tasted it, it was like heaven. And, you know, I mean, we got silk today. This thing, I guarantee, was bland as I don't know what. But I was like, this is the the best of God's. I didn't know this. (laughs) My taste buds had changed. You see, the Sabbath is for Christians. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. God's law is for the... Do you understand? Christian music is for Christians. How do we reach the non-Christian? Preach the word. Preach the word. Stop with the... Stop with the gimmicks. Stop with the what? Stop with the stop. Do what Jesus did. Who did Jesus ever sing into the kingdom? Where's the verse? Where's the verse? Non Christians 
don't like, write this down. Non-Christians do not like Christian music. Why? Because Christian music is holy. Christian music is convicting. So if you are in a club in the future and you hear, you, you know, you see the Christian, you know, the, the, the people in the club, they're dancing and, you know, they're doing the hip hop thing. And then I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, but Kirk Franklin is now mixed in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to tell you the truth. And don't think I'm just picking on, you know, Kirk Franklin, he's black. There, you know, um, you know what's funny? You ever see this? If you go into a Christian store, if you like, uh, if you like Eminem, you'll like, and they name the Christian artist. I mean, what is that? What is that? Christians will not, if a non-Christian is liking Christian music, it's not because of the words, people. It's because the rhythm moves them. And for the most part, hip-hoppers don't respect Christian rappers because they're like, why would I want to be like you when you're trying to be like me? They're like, oh, you guys are doing the petty stuff. And by the way, you know, well, you, you know, I find that most people who listen to Christian hip hop are also listening to hip hop. Am I telling the truth? <laughs> Think about it. Most of people who listen to Christian rock, or they know who's they know who's out. They know what's going on. They know. And by the way, your Christian artists who are doing Christian hip hop are listening to other secular artists because that's how they know what to keep up with. Beloved, it's time. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not going to start dancing. <laughs> stand still, stand still. Do not move. Okay. The Bible tells us that light and darkness cannot dwell together. God calls us to be the head, not the what? Tail. We are being the tail. Let me tell you, God has made us as creative beings. You can make creative music that is not hip-hop, rock, jazz, R&B. Did you hear what I just said? You can make creative, modern, beautiful music that's not a hymn. I, I am not standing up here telling you, you must listen to hymns. It's not what I'm saying. Hymns are beautiful, but beloved, you can make music that is modern, that is beautiful, that is not rock. Don't let the devil keep you in a box. Be creative, you musicians out there. You know, well, what do I listen to? It's because everybody is falling into the same box, but there are people who are breaking the mold. There are people who are saying, we're going to make godly music that is not that will not fall in any of these genres of hip-hop or rock. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be moving. And, it will, and yet it will not be the style of the world. Is that possible? Yes. Be the head, not the what? Tail. Let me share with you one more thing and then we'll close. 
oh, by the way, let me read this quote to you. Then I'll share with you one more thing. Then we'll close. <laughs> let me share. <laughs> Listen to, uh, by the way, uh, I'm sweating. Um, now I can't, I can't think of what I want to share. There's a story. How many of you remember the story where, Saul, where, uh, where this woman is following uh, Paul around? Do you remember that story? And the woman is following Paul. She's possessed with a demonic spirit. And and the demonic spirit in her, guess what the spirit is saying? It's saying, these are the men of the most high God which show unto us the way of salvation. Now you're going, wait a minute. He, he He read the wrong lines. He's a demon. He's not supposed to say that. The demon is supposed to say, don't follow these people. They are believers in Jesus. Don't follow them. But what the devil did was he spoke words of truth. Were they true words? Yes. Yes. Now, what did Paul do? When Paul heard that, did he say, oh, great. We even have demons confessing the name of Jesus. (laughs) No. He said, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says at that moment, the spirit came out of her. Why did Paul do that? Because listen, Paul understood that if an unconverted, demon-possessed woman was speaking the words of truth, it would be a mockery to the Christian religion. You know what the devil is doing? He is getting people who are like, yeah, we're here for Jesus. You look on the album cover, you see these naked women, you know, all for Jesus. And, and the people are wondering, man, my albums are selling so fast. It's because the picture you have on there. And what's happening, beloved, is that the, the devil is using people who may be sincere and honest. Please understand, I'm not calling these people demon. I'm just saying uh, we were sincere when we were in the clubs throwing out great controversy tracks. We were sincere. So I'm not saying that any of these people are not sincere, but nonetheless, the devil is using them in a way to make a mockery out of Christianity. Because if that's what a Christian is, then I can be one. Oh, you don't have to be so high. There's not a high standard in Christianity. Anything goes. The devil is seeking to manipulate the atmosphere. So much so that even now, if I stand up in the, you stand up in the church and you say, I think this is wrong. All of a sudden it gets real cold. Wow, the atmosphere. People start looking at you funny. Are you going to adapt or get out of here? Think about that one for a minute. The devil is seeking to create an atmosphere in God's church where if you say something, if you speak up, there's something the matter with you. Look, either adapt. What was, what was Darwin's theory? Those species that did not adapt would what? Die off. Beloved, the devil is trying to destroy the remnants, the offspring. Adapt or die. Now, there's something else in Darwin's theory. Before I share that with you, let me read this. We'll close. We're closing. 
Christian experiences and teachings. Listen to Ellen White's first vision. Part of her vision, she says this. As we heard the sounds of mirth and reverie that seemed to... How many of you remember Ellen White's first vision? Where she's walking up that steep uh, incline? Listen to this. She's talking about the walk up, and then she's, as, she's, as they're walking up, she says, We heard the sounds of mirth and reverie that seemed to come from the abyss below. We shuddered. We heard the profane oath, the vulgar jest, the low and vile songs. First vision. We heard the war song and the dance song. We heard instrumental music and loud laughter mingled with cursing and cries of anguish and bitter wailing. And we were more anxious than ever to keep upon the narrow and difficult pathway. Beloved, you got two options. Get on the soul train. Let me rephrase that. Stay on the soul train. Or get on the narrow path. Yeah, it's difficult. But beloved, that is the only way to eternal life. Now let me tell you about Darwin's theory. I'm I'm, I'm closing, see? I've stepped in front of the pulpit. That means I'm closing. (laughs) Not really, but, you know, mind thing. Darwin had a theory that he called mal, not a theory, but a belief he called, or a teaching that he called maladaptation. Maladaptation simply states that there were certain uh, uh, species that refused to adapt with the change of the environment. And those are the species that would what? Die off. And as I looked at that, I said, wow, I think I want to be maladapted. I thought, man, that doesn't sound nice. You're maladapted. But I thought, wait a minute. Yeah. You see, God says, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Beloved, God will have a people in the last days who are maladapted who will refuse to adapt in order to survive. It is not the survival of the fittest. It is the the survival of the meekest. He who is meek will survive. He who rests in God will survive. Beloved, I want to challenge you today. You may not agree with anything I said, but I do want to challenge you to do this one thing. Stop thinking, well, this is what I think. Study it out. You may not agree with me, but study it out for yourself. And when you come to your conclusions, be able to back it up with the word of God. David danced. Really? Study it out. Praise the Lord with the symbol and all this stuff. Really? Study it out. Check your sources. Study these things out so you can come to a clear conclusion. Listen, the drum is not an evil instrument. There's no such thing as an evil instrument. You, get, you understand what I'm saying? Study out your position. Beloved, when, you know, when they brought the piano in, people thought the piano was evil. No, it's not. 
and I would not bring a, I would per, I wouldn't bring a drum into the church. I don't think it belongs in the church. But you got to study the position. Why shouldn't we bring a drum into the church? I just want to encourage you, beloved. You know, when I go out there, don't walk by me and go. <laughs> okay. How many of you recognize that it is your duty, your Christian duty, to love me? <laughs> Raise your hands. Some of you are not raising your hands. Raise your hand. All right. Very good. No matter what, it is your Christian duty to love me. So what I'm saying is study, study, study. Become students of the word. Become students of the spirit of prophecy. And beloved, study so that you know where you stand and why you stand there. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this presentation. Thank you for this entire weekend, Lord. And this week, we thank you for the speakers, for the presenters, for the messages, for the meat from heaven, Lord. Please, Lord, change us, refine us. Lord, when we fall, pick us up again. And Lord, we just thank you for loving us so much that you were willing to die for us that we might be redeemed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.